A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hey there everyone, you're listening to Main Menu for the 31st of March 2017. This is your co-host Jason Castanguay. In this week's show, we're going to start off with a well-seasoned CSUN attendee, our very own Jeff Bishop, and he will tell you all about his experience, focusing this time more on the workshops that he attended, but there's still time to get his perspective on the exhibit hall. Next, we continue in our accessible TV series. Our guest Scott Smith returns to demonstrate accessibility features of the Dish Network Hopper 3 receiver. And then Janine returns to show you a quick, convenient way to get video recording on your iOS device. And now, before we get started, here's the announcement for which you've all been waiting. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everyone. It's Janine and company, Randy and Jason here with Jeff Bishop. Hi, guys. Hey there. How's it going? Hello, everybody. Yeah, and we are here to have another little discussion about the CSUN Conference 2017. In our last episode, we heard from a first-time CSUN attendee, Buddy Brandon. Well, this time we're going to hear from a long-time CSUN attendee, our very own Jeff Bishop. So, Jeff, how many years have you been going to CSUN? Let's see now. I've been going to CSUN consecutively about, th- I think, three years now. And then I took a, a very long hiatus while I was doing programming at the U of A, and it, I didn't go for quite a number of years. But uh, always kept a close ear to the ground when it happened every year. And and uh, so it's been really neat in my role as an IT accessibility analyst at the University of Arizona to be able to get to go and, you know, hobnob with, uh, you know, people at CSUN. It's been fun. Wow. And we're going to talk this time around not so much about the exhibit hall, although, of course, we always want to hear, you know, what you found cool in the exhibit hall. But let's talk about the rest of CSUN, because what people pay to go to CSUN for are the workshops, right? Well, yes, but but let me start by saying that I think what people really go to CSUN for is networking mm-hmm. and meeting with people and having, you know, meetings over dinner or breakfast or lunch or anything that you can find <laughs> between then, sessions. Then, then, yeah. then there are some parties that take place, I've yes, heard. Yes, there are and... <laughs> parties and they tend to be very loud and uh, so some of us don't really like atmospheres like that because you really can't talk to people. So we have the networking opportunities. So is this someplace that if you are trying to break into a career in, say, adaptive equipment or accessible IT or something like that, is this something you would recommend to people to attend? Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're in uh, education or you're in government uh, or you are working for a large company and they want to focus on accessibility, it's a great place to learn. A lot of the sessions focus on the basics uh, basics of web accessibility as well as even more advanced, you know, techniques about ARIA and, and programming for uh, mobile and desktop and, and uh, you know, cross-platform things and STEM and 
you know, it's all over the place. You can pretty much find a session on almost any topic uh, that you can imagine GPS and travel and mobility. It just, it's, it was all over the place at CSUN. And so, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. And, you know, now that VFO is the only real player now in the U S I found it really intriguing that the atmosphere has changed a little bit. You know, it used to be that things were very competitive in the, in the landscape. It's, it's not so much that and that's probably due to the vfo acquisitions over time but what it has done is it's brought the mainstream industry together with with vfo uh so the googles and microsoft's and adobe's and you know all of these big players that we all talk about all the time you know they're they're really now focusing on not that they haven't in the past that's not what i'm saying but it's really become very apparent now that it's all about making the world better for everybody and not so much worrying about what the other people are doing necessarily. I mean, they do, I think, but it, it really was a noticeable difference to me. You had, you know, I, I sat in, um, one of the sessions I attended was the presentation that Eric Damry did on the edge browser with jaws 18. Uh-huh. So this was uh this was a very, very cool presentation. It was, Glenn Gordon and Eric uh, up at the front of the room, and they showed us a very early version of Edge support. And it was very fascinating. You had Microsoft. In fact, uh, the Microsoft people were sitting to my right. You had Google people in the room. You had, you know, so you had all of these players in the room that you would think, wow, you wouldn't expect to see them all in the room together, you know? Mm-hmm. That really. I didn't really see that in the past. Maybe it did happen, but it wasn't so obvious. Um, and I saw that a number of times in, in, in multiple sessions, you know? Um, wow. So I was very, very happy about that. It was, uh, it was very, very cool. And it was great to see, you know, getting back to networking for a second, it was really, really great to see, you know, people that I've known for a long time that I've never either met in person, you know, you talk to them on the internet all the time, mm-hmm. or you just haven't seen in a long time. One of my friends from uh, from Microsoft, Megan, who was on Main Menu with us uh, you know, to talk about Office. Oh yeah, she she's a, she's a she gives super hugs. Uh-huh. And this was the first time that I uh, brought my AirPods to a conference, and I was wearing them throughout the conference. You know, thinking, oh, this will be fine. I won't lose anything. <laughs> so 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 she. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny story. So. She runs up to me and she gives me, she gives me this giant hug, you know, and, 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 uh, so we're standing there and we're all talking, you know, a bunch of us and she goes, Hey, how do you like those, those AirPods aren't, you know, do you like them? And I said, yeah, they're really cool. So I reached up and I grabbed the left one and I, you know, pulled it out of my ear and showed it to her and showed her the case and everything. And she goes, Hey, aren't you afraid you're going to lose those? You know? And I, and I reached up to my right ear and it was gone oh no <laughs> oh. oh no and uh, so when she gave me that big hug it flew out of my ear and behind us luckily oh no gosh. one stepped no no one stepped on it or uh, there was um, Jessica who who was a Microsoft employee was was in her wheelchair and she was uh, to my left uh. and uh, she goes oh man I hope I hope I didn't roll over it with my wheelchair and I went well oh my gosh so I was I was I was about you know 
Oh my gosh, you sh- I, you should have seen my face. I was very very worried because mm. uh, you know these <laughs> are these are eighty bucks a pop. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say those are not exactly cheap, and uh, much as I want them, I'm terrified that I'm gonna do the exact same thing at some point. So, so suffice um, it to say, I did not wear them again until I got home. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. Oh. Pretty scary moment there. So. Oh, I can only imagine. Yikes. So you mentioned Microsoft. They had a pretty big big presence. And do you think that part of this sort of everybody working together is the fact that everybody is working together these days? You you know, you see the the Chrome browser. And I just actually started using Chrome and and, am really finding it quite interesting to use with – I'm using it with NVDA. And and that's quite interesting. We'll start with Microsoft. Microsoft was there. They had uh, a giant room. And uh, they had presentations throughout the entire conference. And, of course, they had their big party on Thursday night. Mm. And and they gave away a, a, a service book uh, to a lucky winner. Ooh. And uh, they, they pretty much focused on, I think they gave 16 sessions wow. at, at CSUN. And they, you know, sort of focused on everything from Windows Narrator to Office to, you know, some of these... Uh, some of these research projects that they've done in the area of mobility and sound and, you know, all kinds of cool things. It was a uh, very, very fascinating and they were very well attended. Lots of people were there. I got to see, uh, uh, Karen, you know, the Karen, who we all know from, from all of her PDF books. Oh my goodness. Written. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, that was awesome. And, uh, I, I've, I've, Really, really respect her. She's definitely a leader in our industry and uh, really a, a pleasure to, to talk with. So we got some time to chat. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. It was a great opportunity. Um, Eric and I had, a, had some fun times meeting with uh, Jenny Lay Fleury. Oh, who, awesome. Uh, yep, up on the uh, on, you know, top of the hotel. That was kind of interesting. Uh, those elevators are, boy... Talk about a ride. <laughs> uh, they definitely so go way, way up. Own, uh, very own amusement park. There. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, they're, they're a little... Uh, one time it got stuck. We thought we were going to get stuck uh, up there. You know, I, uh, let's see. Amazon had a, a room set up that looked like a home environment, you know, with couches and TVs. And, and they, had, uh, they had the Ecobee there. And they had all of their, you know, fire uh, tablets and fire TVs and... Mm-hmm. and uh, I talked to them about the um, the Ecobee thermostat, and we couldn't get it to work with our dot. And he mm-hmm. said, well, did you get the update on Tuesday? And I said, well, what Tuesday? He went, yesterday. And I went, well, no, I didn't get that. This was uh, the last day of February. Ah. So when I, so when I got home, I, uh, the first thing I did was walked up to the dot and asked it what the temperature in the house was, and it was working. So. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I was complaining awesome. it wasn't working. So which updated the skill then or the thermostat itself or which? Uh, they uh, well uh, supposedly a- Amazon made an update now I don't know who wrote the skill I don't know if Amazon did that or if that was uh yeah I, I don't really know but they they told me that there was an update pushed out to the uh to the Echo The reason that I'm asking is that I've got a Nest and I was having really great success with mine and then about oh about a week into it, it started not to work. So I unpaired it and paired it back up the skill, and 
it's it's really kind of iffy. Only it wasn't for about a week, so I'm hoping that there's an update. So I'm not. I mean, I'm very happy with the device, but skills I've noticed um, are sometimes iffy on the uh, Echo device. Yeah, we really like ours. Uh, David, my son, bought the Dot, and uh, it lives in the front room, and we have a fun time playing with it. And you know, my my wife sets it, uses it for timers for cooking, and oh, I well, I love the Dot, and I love yeah. the Echo, but I'm just having problems with that one skill. Yeah, you need a skill to operate the skill. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I can never remember some of the syntax for skills. That's that's my issue. I've got a dot sitting right here on my desk, and uh, she's fan- she's my dictionary. I mean that that is my go to dictionary device mm-hmm. right there, and which is fabulous. I have not gotten into some of the the home innovations. Now, was there a big push of, on some of the home automation kinds of things this year? Well, they were showing all of their their Amazon devices, you know, and they talked about oh. they they had people there from the devices team and from the Echo team, and mm-hmm. you know, so they they had lots of people there. Um, I think Microsoft had close to seventy people there, and I think Google had about the same. Wow. And, yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, talk about huge numbers of people, just uh, just really wow. really cool. Um, there was a major focus this year on on uh, Google Docs. I was just about Google. to ask about that. Yep. Yep. And not only was there a major focus from Google on Google Docs, of course, they would talk about it, but there was also lots of discussion from VFO on it. Uh-huh. And I will say that the latest update from uh, VFO for JAWS 18 has made a, a, a major change as it relates to Google Docs. And, and uh-huh. you know, it used to be a little tricky to get the virtual cursor to turn off and turn back on in the right place, mm-hmm. but they've got that nailed down. The only problem that we have since determined uh, after CSUN was that Google Forms, which is a, a, a tool that Google has for you know creating surveys and, and oh, forms yes. that people can fill out and you can save them as spreadsheets and then you can download the, the data that, that's mm-hmm. collected. Uh, there's a there's a small problem right now, and it, it may have already been resolved by this uh, airing, but there's a there's a slight problem right now where f- forms mode, you know, or the well the virtual cursor stays off, which doesn't work for filling out forms. So if you are on a Google form, then just you know, just do an insert Z and toggle it back on, you'll be fine, um, and you can stay in the virtual mode to fill out forms. It's perfectly fine. Ah, good. But, but there and, was lots of talk about, you know, the speed of innovation and and that uh, things are happening very quickly, both from Google and from VFO. And, um, you know, it was highly encouraged for people to, to dive in and, and give it a shot. Great. Great. Because certainly I, I did a collaborative Google Docs project with somebody recently. Actually, it was a high school student who had contacted our, our organization and wanted to interview somebody. And he had all the questions and he had them in a Google Doc. I said, yeah, I can do that. And I forgot that you need to turn the Braille, I guess, the Braille mode on. If right. you're doing this, you know, directly, I had either forgotten or never knew that. And it was an interesting experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I got through it, but it was quite an interesting editing experience. And uh, But we got through it, and then I realized what I had done wrong, and I went back and did it again and said, here's a much neater copy of what you've got. But, oh, wow. I mean, that was just amazing to be able to just dive in there and do it, you know, whether I knew what I was doing or not. But um, it was just so nice to say, oh, yeah, I can use Google Docs. Not a problem. 
Um, well, well, this is why um, it's so important to keep up to date on your your you know screen reader versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, NVDA announced uh, tremendous support for uh, Kindle, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, VFO did as well. Although I think Great. the, the uh, NVDA support is a little richer. There's a great article that I'll send to Jason. Maybe he can uh, put that in the in the uh, release notes. That it's a blog post that compares the Kindle for PC support uh, that Jaws has versus NVDA. It's a very interesting post, and I think you'll. I think all of our readers will find it very fascinating. So that was pretty exciting. I I, I wasn't expecting that. That was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very, very cool, you know, for people in education and oh, absolutely, because uh, you can access notes and dictionary, you know, the dictionary, and you can do all kinds of really, really cool things with the uh, Kindle for PC app now. Wow, there's a there's a major Windows update coming, you know, the, yes, uh, there is, right? and we've Woo-hoo. had we've talked about this on Main Menu before, but it's important that people who have Jaws 16, 17, or 18. Make sure you go and get the latest update. There's a there's an update for even JAWS 16 and 17 for those of you that are running Windows 10 and wanting to get the update that's coming out. Uh, well, the rumor is in the next month to six weeks or so that, that it will be out. So uh, no one knows the exact date at this time, but it's, it's coming quickly. Uh, but VFO wanted to make sure that we got the word out that was talked a lot about at CSUN as well, that, you know, it's important that... If you're on Windows 10 and you're going to get the creator's update, you must do this before you install. Uh-huh. So, so keep that in mind. That is okay. excellent to know for one of my coworkers who is using JAWS. Now I'm going to ask a question uh, yep. in your dealings with VFO. What yeah. is the future of Window Eyes? That was asked by a number of, uh, of, of people. And I bet what it I, was. <laughs> what, I, what, what, what I will say, because uh, some of it was under NDA in a meeting that I was at, is that I, th- I think the best thing to say is that nothing is changing now. Gotcha. Um, there's still the free version of Window Eyes for Office that's available, you know, due to the Microsoft partnership. Um, and you know, it, they're they're going to continue to to make keep that available, and um, that's probably all that I could probably say here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Microsoft has come out with a new product, Microsoft Teams. Was that discussed at all at CSUN? Uh, it was indirectly. They did not have a session on it. There has been some articles posted by uh, Microsoft's Twitter uh, account, you know, MSFT Enable, mm-hmm. um, that talk about Teams. And it is accessible. It works with oh, a screen good. reader. Oh, um, the the iOS and Android apps are also supposedly accessible. I have not. I must say that I have not played with it yet. So I, I have not I yet can, either, but plan to. Not, so <laughs> yeah, I have not had a chance to um, actually get it installed. And my my copy of Office that I have for my for my mail at jeff at jeffbishop is actually a um, a small business Office three sixty five license so i think i have access to it for my own personal stuff although talking to myself probably wouldn't work too well <laughs> although some might say it might i don't know <laughs> no no comment there huh randy uh, notice how quiet Lots. they are 
I know. I, I, I thought I gave him an opening there. I, I, you know. I tried to edge my way in. <laughs> I know that there were some interesting workshops. There was one on indoor navigation. Did you happen to check out that workshop mm-hmm. at all? I did. And, and there's, you know, there's about t- over 25. I don't remember the exact number, but there's a lot of companies doing work in this space. Wow. Um, and uh, it, I mean, that floored me. I couldn't believe how many companies are, are working on that. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're trying to collaborate together and come up with a standard so that they can all talk to each other. And um, I, I think this is an area where it's going to take a few years before we see, you know, a true uh, standard. You know, there's a lot of work with mm-hmm. iBeacons and, and um, the strategic placement and how do you make sure that the apps speak things correctly so that, you know, you don't put too many iBeacons close to each other so that when you walk up to a door, it says you're at three different places at the same time. Right, yep. <laughs> AKA yep. the ACB convention sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going to say, or you're on the first floor and it's reporting things from the second floor right yes. above you. And, oh, yeah, that's yeah. happened too. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, funny how your device picks all that up. There's lots of people doing lots of really cool work in this space. So wow. I think eventually we're going to have it. I think it's going to work well in malls, you know, really mm-hmm. big open environments where you can yes. put some eye beacons in, in strategic uh, places, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, big stores, you know, Sears, JCPenney's, mm-hmm. um, you know, the food court area. Yes. You know that kind of stuff. I think I think I think it works well for that. I don't know if it works as well for you know rooms if as you're walking down a a hallway to get to a specific mm-hmm. room for like, uh, unless they're really big rooms at CSUN. I think it yeah. would have worked because the rooms are are very large and mm-hmm. and they're spread apart. So uh-huh. I think it would have worked there. Um, I wonder if any of our listeners, if you have ever used the uh, beacon system that's in the San Francisco airport, because apparently there is one there for indoor navigation that was set up. And uh, I, I would love to hear from anybody who has used that to see how effective that is. I'll ask Eric because he travels a lot and yeah. uh, it would be okay. interesting to find out. I wonder what if you need an app for that. I, what I believe there is. Yeah, I believe there is an app that they use for that. And I don't know the, the specifics of it, but I know that was their original test um, site. And I don't know if that was through Smith Kettlewell that uh, developed that or not. But um, it sounded really interesting at the time. And I know they were trying to roll it out other places, but I, I don't know if they've done too much testing with it yet. But um, it just airports are another place where that would be just incredibly useful i would think and even, I, I think even yeah. gates it would work right i mean oh, the yeah. gates are, I, yeah. are definitely spread apart enough that oh, you could absolutely you would you know. think so unless you know you've got them on both sides of the hallway like some but like our airport uh, depends on the terminal that you're at you know the larger terminal yeah there are gates on both sides of the hallway the smaller ones though they're only on one side and so and they are pretty spread out and, yeah uh, but you could probably turn your body and point you know oh i, think I would I, think so the big hit in the exhibit hall, I think, from all the people that I've spoken to, and is that is Ira. You yeah. know, the the that that seems to be what everyone's talking about because they were letting people try it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have I I unfortunately got to the exhibit hall late, and so I was not able to try it. But oh. I had spoken to a number of people who did, and they fell in love with it. In fact, uh, a friend of mine up in Phoenix purchased it the day she got home. So. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she won't have it until June or July, apparently. Yeah. But but uh, I tell you, for someone who lives alone, mm-hmm. who who needs a little bit of visual assistance with things, mm-hmm. um, and especially who may have gone blind later in life, who mm-hmm. might have some you know understanding of you know sort of focusing. You know, in other words, if you were if you were to be able to see in mm-hmm. the past, um, I think it would be ideal for mm-hmm. for someone like that. I can think of a our, our, our really good friend Karen, who um, mm-hmm. we would we would love to be able to, to see if she could get it. My problem with it is it's it's a very expensive. It is rather expensive. I they are hoping the prices will drop as more and more people get it, but you know, and it's one of those things that. Uh, Hopefully, there will be some ways to pay for it other than, you know, um, just out yep. of your own pocket. Um, yep. Let's hope, um, yep. you know, things like flexible spending accounts and things like that that would be able to be used for that, I would hope. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I'm Something hoping like to that. get mine in April. Uh, a co-worker of mine and I ordered ours about the same time, and uh, we're hoping to get them in April. So, oh, you ordered it uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And I ordered it because we are a two-blind-person household, and and I think my husband's going to probably use it more than I do. And they do allow couples to use it. You both have to register, and uh, but under you know a certain fee structure, they will allow a, a two-person household to use it. Um, they just can't be signed in together at the same time. So um, that should be really interesting. And we're still looking at the year of Braille, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, Orbit was a, a big focus as well. Mm-hmm. And we no one can seem to get a date as to when it's going to be available from anybody. And, and of course, the L Braille was another really big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was very exciting. I think that's probably the the way that one would want to go. I you know there's there's of course the hymns and and uh, humanware new um, note takers that are that are uh, Android based, and I think those would be great for people in education, especially for those people who can get assistance from say Voc Rehab or sure. you know, or from their state. Because uh, they are very expensive, you know, yes. they're, they're pretty pricey. Yes. Um, whereas the L Braille, which is, you know, we, we, I think we've talked about this many moons ago, mm-hmm. is, uh, is basically a Windows 10 uh, computer that, that couples itself either to a Focus 14 or a Focus 40 Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it's really compact and it's, it's sort of meant for that. And if you already have mm-hmm. the Braille display and JAWS, then it's, I think, 1395 I think, 1400 I could be wrong on that price. but mm-hmm. So that is a little expensive, but for a customized, you know, uh, computer like that, that, that sort of melds the two together. Right. I, I don't really think it's that that bad of a price, to be honest. No, and you would be paying that for, you know, a, a souped-up laptop, but maybe not a Windows souped-up laptop, but certainly you'd be paying that much for a Mac. So oh, I don't know. If you if got, you like, a that, Surface, if you got a yeah, Surface or, yeah, you, you know, that's true. Um, you're, you'd be spending about that. Um, mm-hmm. And you probably would spend, you know, a pretty high dollar if you got a, a really professional laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got, I think, two gig of memory, which sort of surprised me. And then they said, "Yeah, but it doesn't have, it it doesn't have a graphics card, so there's no ah, need to." Okay. Well, yeah, good. But, See, there's but, the yeah, but but Windows wants memory too, so yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say. I don't know. I I, I don't know. 
I haven't had a chance to, you know, really play with it a lot. Um, so it would be interesting, you know, once it gets out, I think it's coming out later this year. The, oh, I think the 14 is coming out first, then the 40 later this year, as I understand. Now, did you get a chance to see the Handy Talk display with I the did, I did. automatic? I did. I, I, I fell know, in love with it. I, I, I oh, was, my gosh. Everybody was, I've uh, talked to. <laughs> yes, I, I fell in love with it. I, I thought that the, um, you know, that I was going to probably have to buy one of those things. and But I thought, man, I better talk to Carrie. <laughs> they're a little pricey. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say that might be but, a conversation um, to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, really, really nice. And uh, yeah, I, I thought, well, it can't be that big of a deal that it auto advances. And, and then I started reading, you know, for about five years. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, that's really nice. <laughs> Were there times uh-huh. when... Were there times when it would advance when you really didn't mean to, or was it really good about? No, it was very good about that, and and it would it even knew that you know let's say that you uh, it advanced and there was only one word or two words on the line. After you got done reading those one or two words, it knew that and it went oh, okay, and we're going to move forward now. Wow! So it, it wasn't an issue of you know getting to the right edge of the display. Mm-hmm. Oh was, wow! It knew you know that. These dots are here, and you reach the end, and therefore we're going to go back. It was quite incredible. I, I uh, you know, and Earl was, Earl's always, you know, Earl. He's, that guy's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, Absolutely. He, he, he is great. I could sit and talk to him for hours. He's, oh, he's a pleasure to talk oh, to. And, definitely. Um, yep. So he was talking to me all about it, and he was all jazzed about it and everything. Cool. Yeah, it was, I, I spent a great deal of time at the, uh, exhi- in the exhibit hall talking with him. Um, So of all of the things that you saw and the presentations and things like that, what would you say was the most probably innovative out there kind of idea or product or device or service or something that you, that you saw or a workshop that you took part in? Well, I think that the most innovative thing that I saw that's low price and when I say low price, I mean not thousands of dollars, was the new KNFB reader for Windows. If you paid attention during the week of CSUN, you could pick up a copy of this for $20, and then it went yep. up to 100 yep. um, at the end of the week. So my, my uh, son went ahead and did that for me from, from home here. Oh. And, and, and then I got asked Yay. to help, help t- a couple other people late at night on Wednesday night to purchase it. <laughs> Because they couldn't figure uh-huh. out the Windows uh, Store. Oh no! Um, so uh, yeah, I spent some time at the uh, at the booth there looking at it, mm-hmm. and uh, I was very surprised how quick the OCR was. I mean, yes. by the time the camera snapped the picture, you were reading. I mean, there was no hesitation yes. whatsoever. Yes. And even doing it with a desktop scanner, I have been shocked how quick it is. It's it is amazingly fast. Um, just, just crazy fast. So for a hundred dollars, I think it's a, it's really going to be a, a very useful tool and, and they're already making updates to it. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's, yep. it's that, I think that was, you know, the, probably the thing that everybody can afford. That was the most innovative. Um, wow. come out with I, a Mac version. Oh, me too. Lots oh. of people. Lots of people have been asking that question. Oh, I Great. said, if they get a Mac version, they will rule the world. <laughs> that will be it. I mean, yeah, oh my I, goodness. I, I, I think they're focusing on you know the biggest market share right sure. now, and then and then you know who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see where it. Uh, sure. 
where it and, goes. And I've mentioned to people, you know, as the iOS version does, and I'm sure the Android version, this is going to go on sale from time to time. Look for, you know, the national conventions, the um, oh October, you know, uh, White yep. Cane Week and yep. whatnot. A lot of these things go on sale at that point. Uh, things also like some of the GPS apps and things like that. A lot of those go on sale. So, you know, keep your... Uh, Keep your attention peeled to Twitter and and all of the other places where this news comes out because um, they will be at uh, at uh, more affordable prices at some point or another in their cycle. Well, they always do. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, think, I think the next thing that I thought was the most innovative was Ira. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think that the price point is a little too too mm-hmm. high. Uh, but for some people, it's going to be a lifesaver, and and I. Oh yeah. I applaud mm-hmm. them for their effort. Um, yes. I just hope that, that that there's some creative thinking about making it more available to, you know, everybody. Yes. Um, yeah, because I can see this. I so, I mean, I'm looking forward to it from a, a business travel point of view, just being able to not have to wait on some of the assistance and have some of the, the frustrations that you can have and you know, I know my husband is looking forward to it for some of those home kind of visual tasks that he has put off and put off because he just doesn't know who to ask, you know. Yep, and yep. when you've got the level of training that they put into it, I think that's probably the big visionary part is the, the level of training that goes into the agents that are working for for the company. Yeah, um, and the that big, the big push is employment right now from, mm-hmm. from uh, everything I'm hearing from them. Yes. So it's uh, it, yep. it was a good it was a good CSUN, and I would encourage right. those that can go to to do that, even if you just get a chance to go and tour the exhibit hall. It's definitely worth uh, your time, and you, you'll 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 never know who you run into when you're doing that. <laughs> Liter- Very uh, true. Sometimes literally. Oh dear. Um, yeah, sometimes. Oh dear. And, now, uh, yeah. You mentioned before the call that you had a couple of uh oh moments. So I'm assuming one of those was the AirPod. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was that was the big uh-oh at CSUN. That was the scary moment at CSUN. Yeah, yeah. That would definitely be a big uh-oh. So any other uh-oh moments to not, share not, with not, us? Not, not, not at CSUN, <laughs> although, although this is the week that our ice maker died. Oh, no. And, uh, when it's 95 plus. in Arizona. Plus, you can't yeah, have an ice maker die. <laughs> yeah, this is very, very bad. So we've been very sad here at Bishop headquarters. Oh, no. Mm. Are you going to get a portable one, or are you going to get your fridge hooked up, your fridge one still hooked up? Well, yeah, my, my I, I will say this. Uh, my my wife and kids are amazing people, and uh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna have to hire a guy to come in here and rip it out and replace it and yada yada yada. Oh. And uh, so we're replacing it ourselves, and we bought a new one. It will be here. Thank goodness for Amazon Prime, baby. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> it, will, it will be here on Friday for fifty-seven dollars. So and, and you can check the status on your little Amazon buddy. <laughs> I, I, yes, exactly. I can. Yes, Absolutely. she will do the status of your order and all of that because I've I got know. I know. parts of an order that are coming in and not yet. Get day. here soon enough. <laughs> Let me check on that for you. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Uh, woo, it's hot in here. Is that thing here yet? <laughs> well, Carrie so. was uh, Carrie was gone for for a few days this week helping a friend up in Phoenix, and so you know I'd go out in the kitchen and I'd grab ice and I was like, man, there's. There's less and less ice in here. There's a, we, we've got a problem. So, oh no. So, uh, so Carrie and uh, and my son Brian took the ice maker apart last night at eleven thirty oh, wow. at night and uh, did 
determined that it was the motor. This is oh. this is the nice thing about having, you know, kids who are electronically inclined. And before I forget, um, the Echo. Speaking of that Echo, is uh, part of the Amazon app now. I haven't tried it for myself, but apparently you don't even have to have an Echo anymore. You can do a whole bunch of stuff from the app. So. Oh, now, now, now this is very interesting that you bring this up because I have been checking every day for this app update and the version of the Amazon app that I have only does voice searches for products. Same here. So I've tried to do things, you know, like, you know, what's the weather going to be? And it, it shows me all kinds of weather products that I can buy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. boy. Uh, and so the once, once this comes out, then and if you already have the Amazon app, then you can, you know, oh, just okay. use that. Breaking news. That's right. This is breaking news from Main Menu. The capability to use our favorite cylindrical digital assistant has now come to the Amazon app for iOS. All you're going to need is the Amazon app and the Alexa app, both of which are free. Now, here's what you can do with all of that exciting capability. Let's go live to Janine's desk for an example. Hi, it's Janine. I have my handy-dandy iPhone here, and I'm about to bring up the Amazon app. Hey Siri, open Amazon. Amazon. Echo, $179.99. Now, I'm going to go to the upper right corner. Cart, zero, button. Slide my finger down. Voice search, double tap and say what you want to search for. Button. All right, let's give this a try. What's the weather in Tucson, Arizona? Currently, in Tucson, Arizona, it's 61 degrees with clear skies and sun. You can expect more of the same today, with a high of 82 degrees and a low of 49 degrees. So, now that we all wish we were Jeff, let's try it again. Cart, zero. Voice search, double tap and say what you want to search for. Button. This day in history. Welcome to this day in history. Here's what happened today in history. March 25th. In one of the darkest moments of America's industrial history, the Triangle Shirtwaist Company factory in New York City burns down, killing 145 workers. On this day in 1911, the tragedy led to the development of a series of laws and regulations that better protected the safety of factory workers. Would you like to hear more about this event? Another event from March 25th? Or an event from a different date? No. Visit history.com to learn about more events. Thanks for using the history skill. Wow. Most of the skills that you have enabled on your Alexa app will be usable from the Amazon app. The service is being rolled out around the country, so if you don't have it yet, keep trying. And if you haven't installed the Alexa app yet, it's free and you will be prompted to do so the first time you use Alexa on the Amazon app. There's your breaking news from the staff at Main Menu and our cylindrical digital assistants. Did one of the note takers not have this capability built into it as well? If I recall, I think one there was, was it one. I don't remember which the, one it was, but there is one. It was the Neo Braille. 
I think you're right. I think it was Braille? the yes. Braille. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So that had yeah. that capability. So that's quite interesting doing that right from your Braille display and then being able to have, you know, uh, Braille output, I would assume, for something like the weather. And for somebody who's deafblind, I mean, wow. I don't know why we don't have TVs like this. Well, we're no. going to. Did you hear? Um, let's see, who was it that was talking about that? Uh, that the was our t- friend Peter Korn. Yeah, and he was talking about that, um, that in TVs soon to come, Westinghouse and two others that I've not heard of before, they're going to have a built-in, uh, the Fire Stick software will be built in as well as our cylindrical friend. So it will be built into future TVs. We are going to be keeping our ears to the ground and to our Twitter accounts and everywhere else that we get news here at Main Menu so that we can bring all of these changes to you and... For this time, Jeff, is there anything else to be said about CSUN? Uh, no, it's going to be in San Diego again next year, and then we don't know where it's going to be after that, but uh, uh, that's where it will be again. And I had a great time having breakfast on the pier ooh, on Friday morning. Lovely. And, yeah, it was interesting to see the uh, the sea creatures bobbing up and down in the water, apparently, <laughs> and as we were eating and oh, hearing the seagulls and... Yeah, it was it was, and it was quite fending fun. them off from your breakfast and steal my bacon. That's all I care about. <laughs> thank you very much, Jeff, for being with us and thanks for being here again, Randy and Jason. And we will talk to everyone next time on Main Menu. Hello from South Carolina. My name is Scott, and I'm happy to be with you today to talk about the Dish Network Accessibility Features. These features are available on three of Dish Network's most popular satellite receivers. The Hopper 3, which I just laid the recorder on top of. The Wally, which is a non-DVR receiver. And the Hopper 2 with Sling. As you just heard, I have the Hopper 3 installed. We got it installed just after the new year. After I got this email about the accessibility options, this is a feature that you do have to enable through Dish once you get your Hopper 3 installed. But I'm really impressed with a 1.0 release of this feature. This feature is spot on when it comes to reading menus, being able to set recordings, and operate your Hopper box. The Hopper 3 is a smart box, which means if you connect it to the internet, you can have access to apps like Netflix, Pandora, YouTube. Most of these apps I have found out do not work accessibility-wise. I'll show you in a minute what they say when you try to click one. Dish is working on a fix for that. They assure me that there is something in the pipeline. Let me also stress that hoppers, if you have multiple TVs in your house, utilize a unit called a Joey. A Joey is like an access point for other TVs. This Hopper 3 has 16 tuners, which means you can do up to 16 things. I would say have up to 15 Joeys, but we're not going to say that because Dish Anywhere, you can use that. This is available on PS4, you can use that. That counts as a tuner. Anytime you're logged into the hopper, you're, you're using a tuner. Whether you're using a Joey or the app. But you can have 16 tuners, 16 things. You can record if you record something, that counts as a tuner. This has a feature called Primetime Anytime, which allows you to watch your primetime shows in the on the 
four major networks at any point in the day. It records them the night before and you can sit and watch them and they stay for eight days. I don't use that feature because I don't watch the four major networks that much. So far, I've had this thing five days and I have made zero DVR recordings. <laughs> I haven't had time to make DVR recordings. But this thing is completely accessible and I will show you that. Let's grab the remote. The remote is a little different from previous Dish Network remotes. So we have the remote. Let's push the power button to turn the hopper on. Power. Live. Live. Now Let's go to the home Enters. screen. Menu. Entered. Customize the theme of your hopper. Hop up. You can see Hop -up that. Number 1277. Next button. That's why. My channel's on now list one of six item one of ten. Lemon Mirroring Y. Season 4 episode 10. January 3rd, 2017. Sounds like a I'm variant of Microsoft Sam almost. Radio host Angie Martinez. Actress Chelsea Pretty and Chef Jeffrey Zakarian judge the competitors. Appetizers made with wildfire lettuce and fluke. Lemon Mirroring Pie used for the entree round. Baking and ice cream in the dessert round. HD. Closed captioning available. Dolby Digital. TVG. Video on demand button. Post season NFL countdown. Two one hundred six button. My channels on criminal button. Sports center folder button. Sports center. It cosmetics miracle. Game of Thrones, but comes high school here. football folder, but Netflix, but high school foot Netflix button. So we have Netflix WSPA zero home selectable tab. But if we try to go into Netflix, WSPA Netflix button, you get this dialogue entered accessibility notification pop up. Pop up number is six zero six. Continue button. One of two. Currently, this app may not be used with the magnification or text-to-speech features turned on. To use this application without either of these features, select continue. Otherwise, select cancel. Cancel button. Select. We will select Want cancel. Watch it from the beginning. Press select for other showings. Want to watch it from the beginning? It pops, Press reads all your pop-ups. Showings. I wish it wouldn't read it three times, but that's okay. Or twice. Let me mute this so we don't get a copyright violation. Okay, we have it muted now. But if we wanted to record this show, let's unmute it and we will go into and I will show you how to record. I'm not going to start this recording, but I'll show you how easy it is. We unmute it. We press the big select button. Select close button. One of five. We have five options. Record button. There's your direct record button. Three of five. Watch button. Watch. Show times button. Show times. Episodes button. Episodes. Five of five. So we're going back to show time. Close button. Close. Select. 
So it's that easy to record. Let's go into the DVR. DVR. We press the DVR button. Recordings tab. Prime time anytime folder button. Row one of one column one of two. Learn more about and set up prime time anytime. Rentals folder button. Column two of two. This folder contains zero rentals. I don't rent movies. Let's go back and cancel this. Live TV. As you can tell, it's pretty substantial in the things that you can do with it. You can even configure the settings. All that stuff is accessible. Let me see if I can give you a quick look at the home screen. And menu. Entered home tab. Give a home tab. WSPA zero zero. Let's go back up to the home tab. Show selectable. Enter shows tab. Show sports select. Sports sports tab. Movies movies. Entered movies. Entered menu tab. Menu selectable. Here's the menu tab. One of trending now button. Yeah, a trending now option. One of six. Prime time anytime button. There's where you set up your prime time anytime. Video on demand but DVR button. Guide button. Netflix button. Trending now button. YouTube button. Search button. Settings button. Help button. My account button. Weather button. YouTube button. Weather Let's check button. this weather app. Let's see if it's accessible. Select. You mixed with the meringue. Now. Now. You really did a good job of balancing the shark. Hourly flavors. Let's select now. now. Select. Problem I had is that the chick isn't all the way done. Now. Four minutes. Yeah. I think it would have been perfect. Hourly forecast. Yeah, it got into the meat. It's somewhat accessible. Does not read the temperatures though, so that's a bummer. Cancel. Live TV. But that's a start. It's working. Somewhat. So give them an A for effort. I really feel that this is way better than what we had. If we flip the channel up, let's go to 113, which is a cooking channel. Now watching Big Bad BBQ, bro. BBQ chicken on the fly, bro. Cooking channel 113. Live TV. You clean, so we love one skillet savory. One eleven. Live, live. I put went back to food. TV. One. No, actually, I didn't. Now know. watching storage wars. Welcome into the dollhouse. Andy 118. Live. TV. I went to 118. I did not push the Z. He can't. One eleven. Now we're going back TV. to food. No, I'm just typing in these channel menus. Lemon Mering Wife. Food Network 110. Live TV. But if you flip it up with the channel up button, it does the same thing. Live TV. Now watching Tiny House. Big Living. Tiny Alaskan Cabin on Ice. DIY 111. Live TV. Ready to drop this thing in here? Lock, I'm trying not to get a, TV. a lot of copyright stuff out Chuck there. Jr. 
Lemon meringue white. We'll mute it. And that's a look at your menu settings, most of the things that you use on a daily basis, and more. I have zero complaints with this thing now. I did have an audio issue with one of my locals, but this is working to resolve that with the local. And it's getting better, so that's okay. It wasn't anything to do with the accessibility. But other than that, if you're looking for an accessible TV viewing option, I know there are a lot of them out there, but this is just a quick look at the Dish Network. I will do another instance of a podcast explaining the app and the website, the dishanywhere.com and the Dish Anywhere app. I need to download that on the iPad. I played with it with the iPhone. It is usable, but not 100% accessible. I will be downloading that on the iPad in just this minute, and we will evaluate it at a later time. But this is just a quick look to get some information out on the uh, Hopper accessibility or the Dish Network accessibility because it comes on other receivers. This thing also has a remote locator on it. If you lose your remote, you push a button under this front panel and your remote beeps. It does connect to your home Wi-Fi has two or three ethernet ports on the back of it a couple of usbs has a usb on the front hdmi av uh let's see what this is let me move this stuff around right here so i can have a look at this button digital audio output if you have a surround sound with a digital this does have the input button on the remote now so that you can hit TV and then hit input and change to your Apple TV quickly, change back to your dish quickly. Overall, I'm really happy with this box. It is quite a big box, just giving you a quick physical description. It's about 10 inches wide and about 10 to 12 inches deep. And it's about an inch and a half, two inches thick. It's flat. Looks really good presentation wise. I'm sure there'd be some weight to it. I haven't picked it up. I have no need to pick it up. So that's this podcast. If you have comments or questions, hit me up on Twitter at ScottDSS and we will talk more there together. Hi, everyone. This is Janine and I'm going to talk today about how to take quick videos or how to quickly get the video capability going on your iPhone. You can do this for a number of reasons. Let's say I want to take a picture of my cute dog chewing on his bone in the background here. We'll just use that as an example. But being able to take quick video of situations is really a handy skill to have in your iPhone toolbox of things that you can do, especially as a blind person for proof of identity, location, etc., etc. We won't go into all the legal details here. Before we start this quick video tip, though, a couple tips on how to take videos. Your video camera that is typically used in the iOS camera app is the back-facing camera. If you have your phone with the screen facing you, your back-facing camera is going to be on the upper right corner of the back of your screen. And that is for the iPhone I'm using for this demo, a 6S. The iPhone 7s have the camera all the way across the back, I believe, because they have two cameras. But your primary camera on most iPhones is going to be that upper 
right corner on the back and you'll feel a little slightly raised circle there that's the camera lens and the other little circle you'll feel there is the flash or the light source in your flashlight so if you want to record a video the best way to position your phone is toward the action. If you can hear where people are talking, where people are moving, that's where you want to position your phone. If you want to put it up to your face, that's great. Pretend that it's your eye and uh, put it, basically line it up with your nose, the center of your nose, right between your eyes. If you can do that, that's fantastic. You can lower the phone away from your face, but keep it centered. That's great. The best way to get the most area into your video while you're recording is to turn your phone sideways in landscape mode. The way you typically hold your phone is in portrait mode for most of us and that is your phone is straight up and down. It is taller than it is long. So now you're going to turn it 90 degrees to the left so you're facing nine o'clock on the clock face and your phone is now longer than it is tall. It is in landscape mode and your video, that way you're gonna get just more in the video from the sides, from people coming in and out of the frame, action moving, etc. So we've got all of those great tips. Most of the time, apps that use video will use the back-facing camera or will give you a choice. The one exception to that is Facebook video. Facebook video uses the front-facing camera and we can do a whole other segment on how to do videos in Facebook. But for now, we're talking emergency video. <laughs> I need to capture that cute thing that my cat has just done or is in the process of doing on video. If you have the Siri skill on standby, and I'm not gonna say it because it will summon mine here, but if you have that skill enabled and you command Siri with your voice, this is gonna be really familiar to you. But there's a little bit of timing involved here between the commands, and I'm gonna do all this in real time. So I'm just gonna pick up my phone. Let's say it's been in my pocket, and it is now on the lock screen. I move my finger, nothing. So I would have to unlock my phone, but never fear, never fear. <laughs> hey Siri, record video. Camera, flash, automatic, flash. Now, you notice I stayed quiet. Stay quiet until you hear it telling you that the camera has been invoked. So now we're in our camera app, but we're not recording yet. So we have one more little step that goes very quickly once you do it in real time. Let's find our home button down at the bottom. Slide your finger up from, from the home button and there's our record video button. You can either double tap on that or to go even more quickly, you can simply, once you hear that you're in the camera app, hit your volume up button on the left side of your phone. Stop recording video button. And that's what you wanna hear, stop recording video. There's also a little sound, I don't know if you could hear it, but it's a little tritone that lets you know that that has been invoked. Now to stop the recording, you can hit the volume button again. Record video. And we go back to the record video status, which means it's getting ready for you to push the button. And you hear that little descending tritone to mean your video is done. That can be invoked from your lock screen when your phone is completely locked, or it can be invoked from any app or your home screen. 
So there's your quick and dirty way to video cute things when you need them or emergency things should you need them. Always remember that if you are recording in public, you want to notify the people that you're interacting with that you are recording them. Yes, they can see the camera. However, legally, it's always good to notify people that you are recording them in any situation. This has been Janine from Main Menu. All right. Due to timing constraints, I can't wrap up the show in my usual way. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>